Hello friends, you might have noticed us talking a lot about AI and productivity lately. Now it's time to walk the talk. We have partnered with Samsung to show you what their latest and most capable phone, Galaxy S24 Ultra, can do in your busy everyday life. For example, we ourselves are using Samsung's transcript assist capabilities to transcribe and summarize the conversations with our guests. And you can do it too in your meetings. It captures the voice perfectly and you will not need to spend any time trying to distill the essence from the presentation that your boss is giving on synergy, being a family and thinking outside the box, you know, those things. Samsung also offers another cool feature that I've not seen anywhere else, live translate. This means you can call any phone, even a landline from your Galaxy device and it will do live translation to 13 languages, French, Spanish, Italian. We all know many people in those countries don't speak English and now you can book a table in that restaurant in Rome and have full confidence that they actually took down your reservation. And last but not least, you can literally circle to search anything by just circling an object on the screen at any time. Previously, what you had to do, take a screenshot, then you upload it to a search engine, but not anymore. So that jacket someone's wearing on Instagram, just draw a circle around it and your Galaxy AI will find it. So stop wasting your time and brain power on these small everyday things. Head to our LinkedIn page to see how we are using Samsung Galaxy AI ourselves and become a scrappiness machine. Check out samsung.lv as well to find out more. Links in episode notes. Okay, hello, hello, dear listeners. Welcome to a special episode of the Pursuit of Scrappiness podcast. We are recording from our field trip to TechChill and TechChill 2022 in Riga. And today we have here Hilary Pops from Honey Badger Capital. Hi, Hilary. Hello, good to be here. And actually, my co-host Janis also came from Berlin. So uh, good to see him in Riga. Hey, first time we're recording in the same room. So historical podcast. Yeah, exactly. It took us uh, uh, quite a while to figure out how to even record in person because we have only been recording uh, remotely. So Hilary, in two words, what do you do with uh, with Honey Badger Capital? Uh, I'm going to need a bit more words uh, to <laughs> explain this, but essentially what the goal is, uh, similar to any VC fund, we want to see the startups that we like uh, do good, and for that we help them with uh, both funds and knowledge. But I guess uh, the structure is just a little bit different than a regular VC fund. It's just the four of us, myself, and then Ragnar Sajs, Martin Dajur and Martin Henk, who are the founders of Pipedrive, and uh, we just invest uh, our own own money essentially me doing the operating part and uh, the deal flow and uh, everything that's connected to this and then they join me for once a week to look at the deals we have on the table and decide where to invest sounds like a pretty good job uh, it's quite amazing actually i think it's a dream job how did you how did you get that job i worked at pipe drive myself i think i joined when it was about 140 people i did sales at first and then i did uh, research uh, in the marketing team and ended up in uh, product and then uh, with a little uh, uh, escape for a second, I worked at Ampler Bikes as well. But then Ragnar called me up one day and said, we're going to start a fund. The first uh, first uh, reaction that I had is I laughed and said, no, I know nothing about funds. And plus, I like the bicycles I work with. But then as we kept on talking about it, I realized it's a pretty uh, good place to make an impact. Uh, so we started with it and back in July. So it has been 10 months now. You're our favorite fund because we have interviewed 75 percent of your you <laughs> on the podcast. Tell us about where do you invest, which geographies, which verticals? So since we don't have any LPs and we don't have any rules, so to say, then I usually say the entire world, but we don't really look much at Silicon Valley or London or other places that mm. have so much money and knowledge available already. We'd rather see something similar that 
uh, Skype uh, uh, did with Estonia happened somewhere else. So uh, Ukraine has been one of the targets and then also looking at Latin America, for example, or, or where you're rooting for the underdogs, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it comes to the focus, uh, SaaS, of course, is one of the uh, goals that we have because we know SaaS, we can really help there, but uh, but also sustainability. At one point, we realized that uh, <laughs> where we kind of put all those mobile apps if we don't have a planet in 100 years. So we don't know that much about it yet, but we really want to support that area. So Ukraine, uh, with the situation now, what has changed from your perspective as investors in the region? Are you viewing it differently? What's happening with startups there? Actually, to my surprise, I think it's uh, even more uh, topical now than it was before. Uh, We had one uh, investment into Ukraine uh, before the war started. Uh, They are doing amazing. It's uh, Mate Academy. Mm -hmm. I think they are back to their uh, uh, pre-war levels already when it comes to revenue. But... uh, uh, from my side, every time I get an email from someone from Ukraine, I uh, tend to accept the call and see if there's any way I can help. But what I realize, it's not uh, like pity calls. They're actually really good startups and they are at the same level as uh, startups from anywhere else. So I think once uh, Ukraine wins the war, they will be at a very strong position to keep on going. What about access to funding in uh, in Ukraine before and, uh, and now uh, during the war, like is there big competition between investors to to fund those uh, to fund those startups? Because there have been quite a few big success cases, so so it is kind of on the map, right? Just a question of whether it's uh, in a in a dangerous place on the map. I'm not sure about competition because uh, we don't really see that much competition anywhere because we're not a VC fund. So for us, it's really mm-hmm. comfortable to invest alongside VCs uh, who have, for example, a legal team in-house or can help in any other way. So we usually don't have competition anyway. Mm, but what I do fear is that while uh, people like us who already know Ukraine, know the region and want to invest there, uh, will keep on doing so. But currently, it's really difficult for funds who don't know the region to come in. Moving closer maybe then to, to where we are in Baltics, uh, Estonia, very active angel scene, uh, founders who have exited coming back and, and, and continuing to invest. What's your what's your outlook in Estonian market? Are, are you very actively also there? Is the competition growing? What's, what's your view on the next few years there? I guess... Um that's essentially what we are as well, right? I said before that yeah. we're not a VC fund and if I try to explain what we are, usually I land on like a super angel syndicate or a friend's office, not a family office, but a friend's <laughs> office. Maybe it's somewhere over there, but uh, but uh, that's uh, a focus that I really want to see uh, get bigger as well. I really want to see ex-operators participate in uh, pre-seed rounds because I think they want to give their knowledge forward. There's so many people who want to do it and it's good for the founders as well. Uh, because uh, uh, because they have someone on their cap table who really cares about uh, their success and usually isn't in it for the money. How much are you helping founders? You know, you invested. How much are you helping on a daily basis? What's the what's the you know regular working <laughs> for for one of your founders? Uh, myself, I think as much as the founders allow me to, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I, I know sales and I know research and product a little bit. So every time there's a possibility to help with setting up the sales team, I'm all over it. And I think that's the most in- interesting part of my job. Of course, I talk to the new startups as well and try to find out where to invest. But I'm the happiest when I can really work alongside uh, our portfolio companies. Mm, but when it comes to my partners, then they will probably be there uh, when the founder asks specifically for help. Since we're we're not a real 
VC, we don't have those resources and we can't be there, let's say, every week or every second week to just think like, so what should we do with the company next? It rather has to come from uh, the founder. They have to ask like, hey guys, I really need help with this uh, pricing strategy. And then, I don't know, Martin Hink, for example, can come and uh, do a two-hour workshop with them and figure out how to go forward. Coming back to something that Jans kind of uh, also mentioned about uh, investing in Estonia, because uh, not so hidden gem anymore, right? Uh, quite quite up there in all of the lists, and uh, and everyone knows all the success stories and uh, how easy it is to get in on deals in uh, in Estonia. Is there some kind of uh, crowding already? You know, you have to put your elbows out to to get to the to the even even on the seed level to the next. You know. Some uh, pipe drive P team uh, fi- establish a new company or Wise or Bolt or whatever you know, they already have that pedigree. So, uh, kind of, uh, do you feel some pressure to 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 even be able to get into these rounds, or 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 still it's kind of uh, the network is working and uh, and uh, the founders of Pipe Drive are kind of uh, attractive enough to uh, to 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 secure those positions. Uh, I think until today they have been. So I've been doing this for 10 months now and I haven't had uh, the reason to go out and look for deals really. They still uh, come to us because of the names of my partners, of course, and now because of what we're doing with Honey Badger as well. But but I still, even though it's uh, not an undiscovered gem anymore, I think it's a good place to invest because the costs of living are still uh, quite much lower than the UK or Berlin. So hiring is also cheaper, but the level of the companies is uh, already at par, I think, with uh, with what you can see in uh, the Western countries. So coming from outside, it might be a little bit difficult to find the right deals and to find the people who are still in stealth mode, but uh, have decided to quit their job at Pipedrive and start their own company. So I think we are in a really good position. And as I mentioned before as well, we don't really need to compete with anyone. Uh, If it does happen that we're left out of the deal, that's until today at least has been fine as well. You know, you move on to the next one. Apparently then it wasn't a great match and that's that's all right too. If we talk about investing together and, uh, and sharing of deal flow, how does that work these days in uh, in Estonia? So, is there like competition between angels as well, or or it's more like uh, you know you just make a round bigger and uh, and whoever you think are a good fit, you you just invite and uh, and and get a deal done. Or or for me, the experience has been lovely, honestly. Um, Maybe it's only because I've been in it only for 10 months, but from the very beginning, uh, everybody has been really supportive in getting me into the network as well. Seem Deller from Lemonade Stand, for example, was the first person to talk to me and really help me get into the business. And I've seen that kind of cooperation until today, at least. And we share deals. I would never hesitate to ask someone from another fund like hey what do you think of this deal uh, if they know more about the topic than I do Uh, so I haven't felt that competition like this Um, when it comes to angels I don't think it really exists either rather I would like to uh, have a better structure of uh, passing deal flow over to angels as well so they can have more access to to what we see Uh, working on this already uh, trying to engage the pipe drive angels and uh, boiled angels and wise angels but uh, maybe it's going to take a couple of months before we get the actual structure in place Um, practical question so you see a ton of emails every day or people approach you on LinkedIn and and whatnot Uh, what needs to happen for a startup to get your attention to get to the next stage what things are you looking for I try to make as many calls as I can like if I have the bandwidth 
it and all the emails that I get, even if they're cold emails, uh, I will still uh, take the call because it's uh, interesting for me as mm-hmm. well, right? Uh, because I can only be like, uh, I can always be the more stupid person in the room uh, and learn from someone else but of course I mean warm intros are very good and if they're doing something that uh, is connected to sustainability or impact driven companies then definitely there's more of a chance uh, as well Any any, mistakes is maybe a bit simple word but anything you have seen that you would advise founders you know to fix or improve in the way they approach or the way they build their decks or the way they explain their product that's a good question I think uh Preparation is undervalued uh, amongst uh, founders. Uh, fundraising would be so much easier if the founders take like a week or two to first understand who they want to talk to, mm. why they want to talk to those investors, whether VC money even is something that they want. Mm. Um, and they don't show up like, so who are you and what do you invest in? Rather, they say like, I want to make a deal with you because I know that you have the network to help me get to the next stage. And then the same kind of preparation that you put into choosing your investors, you should put into building up your uh, deal room and sorry data room and your pitch as well like if i as an investor want to send your pitch to three potential customers it should be really easy for me to get like a three line uh, overview of your company mm-hmm. just attach it and forward it then if you as a founder have everything ready you can get your fundraising done so much quicker because you don't have to every time like ah oh, they need financials or oh these guys need to see my cap table we will always need to see them, just get them ready before and it will be mm. so much uh, uh, smoother for all the parties. So what is your bandwidth? How many deals are you looking at weekly? Uh, hard to say. I think uh, on most days I have somewhere between 3 and 10 calls. But I try to keep uh, one day at least a week uh, open so I can actually do some work because, uh, as I mentioned before, I like to do work alongside the founders as well and, I don't know, do maybe some social media or community building. These are important for me as well. But, yeah, maybe uh, five calls uh, a day is something that I can commit to. What are some of the tech trends or companies or startups from either Estonia or Baltics that you are really excited to to see and, and, and you want to watch yourself, how they grow? What, what excites you from like some startups or, or trends that, that are happening right now? I realized that uh, I've gotten very close to the companies that are that have something to do with uh, packaging and eliminating okay. plastic. For example, uh, Vula and Anna Lisa yeah. and Cuploop, and uh, we have them in Estonia. We have Ringo and people uh, tackling this uh, problem of uh, uh, one-time uh, packaging from different corners, and this is amazing to see. But uh, I'm not sure if it's a trend. What I believe is that since I like it, then I attract uh, those kinds of companies anyway, and so I see them more. Perhaps if you ask another investor. They will say that uh, I don't know. Uh, translation bots are the most important thing, right? Sure, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting because, like, you know, if you solve plastic waste, it must be a very rewarding problem to solve. I mean, we have a ton of uh, you know a patch in the garbage patch in the ocean floating around, <laughs> size of what Texas or something. And, yeah, yeah, and these are really big problems, right? And you will never be able to find one company that solves this yeah. problem. You just have to start tackling it from all sides. Do we have in Baltics and Estonia, I mean, like, okay, VC money is there, but overall, like, the research capacity to compete with Elon Musk-like companies in US in terms of developing some new technologies, or, or to your experience, it doesn't really... 
it doesn't matter on you know money is not the most important thing i think when it comes to specialist uh, funds and funds that actually know how to help then in the baltics uh, perhaps contrarian ventures in lithuania is mm-hmm. the one that really knows what they're doing others are probably similar to myself uh, more generalist with a little bit uh, uh, like looking towards uh, sustainability but uh, but contrarian i think is doing great things and can compete all right i think uh, sustainability is a good way to sustainably end this conversation and uh, thanks for joining us in our in our express booth here at textual and uh, and have a great event and uh, safe trip back and uh, and those people who listening and want to reach out to you what's the what's the best way to get through uh, my email that's uh, pops at badger.de feel free to write me All right. Okay, super. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Bye. If you like this show, remember to leave us a rating or review. It helps other people to discover the pursuit of scrappiness.